the podcast with no name dear listener to part two of our discussion of the golden age of piracy in this episode we will focus on steve bonnet for only a brief time in 1717 and 1718 which is a short time even for a pirate what makes him unusual is that he was a gentleman who decided one day to buy a ship cobble together a crew and become a pirate he ran into blackbeard and they operated together for want of a better description for a brief period of time before going their separate ways I will not spoil what happened, but instead join with my fellow podcasters, the Captain and Sid, to start discussing Steed Bonnet. We're looking at the golden age of piracy, which is generally from 1690-ish until about 1730. Pirates provided protection and profit, if they were privateers as well. Most pirates were uneducated and unemployed. And we're going to look at Steed Bonnet, who was a gentleman pirate. He was called the gentleman pirate because he swapped his cushy life as a gentleman for piracy. I I think it's a midlife crisis. I'm not alone in thinking this. Steed was born in 1688 in Barbados and he inherited his dad's estate when his father died. He was described as bookish. He married and had three sons and one daughter. He did everything conventionally. In 1715, one son passed away. And so he had three children under five when in the spring of 1770 he decided to become a pirate. His wife must have just loved it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Why couldn't he just buy a Ferrari or something? Exactly. Yeah, get it out of his system. (laughs) Buy himself a Harley, get the leathers, do that for a little while and just say sorry, dear, about 18 months later. Exactly, exactly. Mm. He decided to become a pirate. He had no knowledge of how to be a pirate or a sailor. He purchased or had a ship constructed, no one's quite sure. It was a 60-ton sloop with 10 guns, and he enlisted a crew and paid them a wage. So these guys Mm. weren't reliant on plunder. Bonnet had the funds to actually pay them a wage. And he rec- he relied on his quartermaster and first officer for their sailing knowledge. They were the real sailors. He legally permitted his wife and two friends to conduct his legal affairs whilst he was away. But the kicker is, I mean, this just screams midlife crisis of some type. He didn't tell his family he had bought a ship. <laughs> oh, by the way, honey, you know, I mean, why wouldn't you say it over dinner or something? So his first period of piracy, he he went up and down near Virginia and Chesapeake Bay and stuff. He took a couple of ships. I'm saying Steed Bonnet, but really we know it's his quartermaster and his first officer and the crew, took a couple of ships. They did a couple uh, up near New York. They took a couple more in the Carolinas and they burnt them so he's, the word of his piracy would not reach home. So he not only bought the ship and didn't tell them about it, he's like, oh, don't tell my wife. He put the boat in for Carini and a Spanish man of war came upon them and there was a fight and Bonnet was badly wounded. That was down in Nassau in the Bahamas. He replaced the casualties, refitted the ship. Whilst in Nassau, here's where it gets fun, he met Captain Hornigold, another pirate, and Blackbeard. He was disabled by his wounds, so Bonnet ceded command of the revenge to Blackbeard but remained on board as his, quote, guest. 
<laughs> Can you just imagine? I mean, Blackbeard is a man who is good with his word, is very good at persuading people without violence. And Steed's been a pirate for, what, eight months, if that. It's only months. So Blackbeard comes along and goes, oh, by the way, um, how about I help you? And so, so Bonnet teams up with Blackbeard. They stay at, sail up to Delaware Bay and plunder 11 ships. There are accounts of Bonnet as a passenger on his own ship playing no role and wandering around in his dressing gown. (laughs) 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 I know. Can you just imagine? He brought a dressing gown to it as well. well. And they weren't even called dressing gowns. They were called banyans in those days. They were the beautiful, beautiful, great big frock coaty things. Lovely thing. And it would have been, I mean, it's a gentleman. It would have been nice satin or silk or something. It was just would have been gorgeous. Just would have looked so threatening. Yeah. Yeah. And can (laughs) you imagine? I mean, he's captain of the ship and his crew would see him walking around in his dressing gown and go, you're an idiot. (laughs) If it wasn't for the fact he's loaded, we wouldn't have him here kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm getting my regular money. Yeah. Yeah. So in November 1717, Bonnet and Blackbeard headed back for the Caribbean. I I wrote it as Bonnet and Blackbeard because we're talking about Steve Bonnet, but really, come on, it's Blackbeard and Bonnet. Blackbeard's going, this is Mm -hmm. is where we're off to. They attacked a couple of ships. They got some more booty, blah, blah, blah. In December, 19th December, 1717 or thereabouts, Blackbeard and Bonnet separated and Bonnet headed for the Caribbean and his crew were not happy. And shortly after, Bonnet's crew deserted him to join Blackbeard. Bonnet's picked up more crew though. So Blackbeard puts a henchman named Richards in control of the revenge and Bonnet thought he was going to be captain of his own ship, but there's Richards there who's now he's really, really almost like a prisoner. Late spring 1718, Blackbeard's four ships, including the Bonnet and the Revenge, blockaded Port of Charles Town in South Carolina. I'll just read my notes, which I've taken from Wikipedia, but they match up with all the other stuff I read. Okay. They needed a place to rest and refit the ships. They headed to Topsail Island, and the Queen Anne's Revenge ran aground and was lost. Leaving the vessels at Topsail Island, Blackbeard and Bonnet went to Bath, North Carolina. They accepted pardons from Governor Charles Eden under the King George's Act of Grace, provided they renounced piracy forever. Bonnet stayed in Bath to get a clearance to take the revenge to the Denmark colony of St Thomas, where they planned to go privateering against the Spaniards, and they planned to get a letter of mark and off they go. Bonnet returned to Topsail Island. Blackbeard had beached most of their former crew, robbed the Revenge and other ships of most of their supplies, took the loot and sailed away. So late June, early July 1718, Bonnet resumed command of the Revenge by himself. Few, if any, of the original crew remained and they set sail to hunt down Blackbeard but couldn't find him. Why did Bonnet return to piracy? Blackbeard had stolen their food and supplies. The Revenge was seriously undersupplied as a result and they needed their stuff. And they were in the middle of hurricane season. So they needed to get some supplies and stuff quickly. How are you going to do it, Rob? So returning to piracy, however, nullified Bonnet's pardon. In July 1718 in Delaware Bay, they pillaged 11 ships, took prisoners. And after these raids, Bonnet divided the loot into shares as per the pirate practice, and it's the only time he's known to have done this. He entered Cape Fear River Estuary and anchored near what's now known as Bonnet's Creek. The Royal James was leaking, that was the boat he was on at the time, and they stayed there and needed careening, and they stayed there for the next 45 days. 
the Boatswain Ignatius Pell said that they had intended to wait out the hurricane season there. By the end of August 1718, news had reached the Governor of South Carolina that Bonnet was at the river. Johnson authorised Colonel William Rett to lead a naval expedition against the pirates, even though the Cape Fear River was in North Carolina's jurisdiction. And they went up and Bonnet mistook the boats as merchantmen and sent out three canoes to capture them. Um, No. So during the night, they made a plan to fight their way out to sea the next morning because it was too dangerous to do it at night time. Bonnet also wrote a letter to Governor Johnson threatening to burn all the ships in Charlestown Harbour. On the 27th of September 1718, Bonnet set sail. Rett's forces opened fire. Five or six hours, no one was able to move their ships because of the tides. Most of Bonnet's men fought bravely. Some of the prisoners who had been forced to join the crew refused to fire. The tide let the ships go free and they were captured and Bonnet now was a prisoner. Because he was a gentleman, he was kept separately from his crew. He was (laughs) held three weeks. He escaped in October 1718. He was accompanied by a slave and a Native American. They obtained a boat made for the North Shore of Tilestown Harbour, but they were forced onto Sullivan's Island. They were found and Bonnet surrendered. He went to trial. The vice-admiralty judge was presiding. Bonnet was formally charged on only two counts of piracy and he pleaded not guilty and conducted his own defence, which is always a bad idea, and said his crew engaged in piracy against his will. Boatswain Ignatius Pell testified that Bonnet's quarterpaster, Robert Tucker, had more power than Bonnet. Uh, guilty verdict, whilst awaiting execution, he wrote, Bonnet wrote to Governor Johnson begging for clemency. His execution was delayed seven times, but on 10 December 1718, Bonnet was hanged in Charlestown and his body was buried below the low watermark. So that's Steve Bonnet's rough story. I've raced through it, I'm sorry, but bearing in mind everyone's time constraints. Yeah, he's just interesting. Why you would go, yeah, piracy is a really good idea. I just don't get it. Something to do, isn't it? existentialist crisis what am i doing my life i can always fall back on me being a gentleman and get away with it which didn't work for him mm. just gave him a couple stays and i think it's to do with you know what can you happen when you live in an ivory tower you don't know what reality's like yeah 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 i think the death of his child affected him greatly charles johnson in a general history of pirates written way back when, said that Steve Bonnet was driven to piracy by his wife's nagging and discomforts he found in a married state. Well, that that would explain everything. Yeah, well, absolutely. Men have done a lot of things in response to their wife's nagging in the past. Mm, Yes. There's also a theory that he was a Jacobite sympathiser because he named his boat the Royal James. I don't know. This is around the time of the old pretender, which was James Francis Edward Stewart, who was the son of King James II. Who knows? I, I think the talk about some discomforts he found in a married state, I'm wondering if Bonnet was gay and he just couldn't do the straight married life thing anymore. Which goes back to my theory, join the pirates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Was he in charge? Who knows? I don't think so. I mean, he, he was the cash cow, but I don't know that he was in charge. And as a cash cow, he probably had a say, but and Blackbeard was all over him. I think Blackbeard was one of those people who people went under as if under a spell when they were around. Mm. You know, there's people out there still today who are like it. You just are under their spell and you do whatever they want. They're great orators. They've got a real, they've got the X factor, whatever it is. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, so whether Bonnet was his prisoner or not, I think emotionally he, no, not emotionally, I think he was in a way a prisoner if he wasn't an actual prisoner. The relationship with Blackbeard, he remained on board as a guest. That's hilarious, the mm-hmm. guest being prisoner. The relationship with Blackbeard, um, our flag means death, explores Bonnet's and Blackbeard's time together with Taika Waititi as Blackbeard and Reese Darby as Bonnet. They play up the gay theory and that's, I, don't, I just don't know, who knows, but it's an interesting take on it. Bonnet's flag, he had four flags over the time. They play on that with our flag means death as well. They have a flag in the opening credits of the show in each episode, it's different. Yeah, so Bonnet still pops up in popular culture. I've already mentioned our flag means death. He's popped up in novels, Imaginary Lives by Marcel Schwab and On Stranger Tides by Tim Powers. He's in video games. He's in um, Assassin's Creed 4 in Black Flag. He's been in the film The Devil and Daniel Webster's, made in 1941. This American Life in 19, uh, 2017 did an episode on pirates and discussed with Steed Bonnet. And there's a podcast called Real Pirates, which discusses Bonnet and Blackbeard over five episodes. And in Outlander, they had Stephen Bonnet, a pirate, Mm. who was a real nasty little piece of work. And he was a different character, but I think the author had seen the name and picked up on it and just tweaked it for her own purposes. Mm. There's an inscription at um, the White Point Garden at Charlestown Battery in America, which reads, Near this point in the autumn of 1718, Steed Bonnet, notorious gentleman pirate, and 29 of his men, captured by Colonel William Rett, met their just desserts. After a trial and charge famous in American history by Chief Justice Nicholas Trott, all were buried off White Point Gardens in the marsh's low watermark. So there we go. That's Steed Bonnet. It's just interesting because he's not the normal pirate and he is the exception that proves the rule about pirates. In some ways, was he ever really a pirate? He he was someone trying to be one. He was someone, he was definitely someone trying to be a pirate. You're right. Um, And I think did Blackbeard even saw him as a pretender, some bloke he could take advantage of. Oh, Blackbeard was all over him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. And I think he was savvy enough to realise, all right, he's some he's some wannabe. He's a bit cashed up. I, I could certainly take advantage. Oh, look, I'll probably get in, uh, use my magic on the crew. So when it's all said and done, they can come. The good ones can come over and work with me. Yeah. Yeah, it, mm. it's, it's and a, a lot of Bonnet's first crew did go to Blackbeard because they wanted to be under a proper pirate. So I think mm. it must have been possibly not chaotic but certainly not organised like a pirate ship was on Bonnet's, on mm. Bonnet's ship. So it's, it's, yeah, he is the exception that proves the rule and he was only a b- pirate for like 18 months, if that. It's amazing. And he too was dead before he was 40. 40 yeah. seems to be like they drop off the perch by then if they haven't already if they haven't already been captured and executed. Yeah, so pirates, that's it. Very, very interesting. Well, it is. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to have to walk the plank now. Well, you must be in a Hollywood movie then. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> this has got nothing to do with reality, yeah. <laughs> walking the plank. Yeah, so that's it. That's all I had on pirates. 
I don't know about you, dear listener, but Steed Bonnet's story screams to me either midlife or some kind of crisis, with possibly the death of his child being the catalyst. Steed Bonnet is a good foil to hold up when discussing pirates. He is the exception which proves the general rule, if you will. He is financially secure, not competent at sea, whereas your general pirate was not overly formally educated, often started from penury, and, if not already, quickly became a competent sailor. Regardless, Steed Bonnet met a pirate's end and he is now somewhat of a curiosity when people discuss pirates. I hope that you have enjoyed our pirate discussion, dear listener, and that you join us again at the podcast No Name for our next episode. In the meantime, if you wish to make contact with us, you can do so at at podnoname on Facebook or at podnoname at gmail.com. Until then, thank you for joining us and take care. I can't even get my bloody words out. I swear to you I haven't been drinking. Yeah.